Hi everyone, it's great to be together again and thank you Catherine and Nicola for praying and reading uh, God's word to us today. It's great to be with you. Uh, you we all know another week in and uh, we're all feeling all sorts of different things. I have no doubt that in the years to come, I want to say for all of us, especially the younger generation, but 2020 is going to be a defining moment for all sorts of reasons. In years to come, when you look back at what has shaped you, uh, the attitude you have, the character that you've developed, you're going to look at this season as being one of the, if not the most important and defining moment uh, in your life. And as we start this new series today on James, I, I think there's, two, there's a really big picture that comes. And uh, I'm going to try and give uh, an illustration this morning, and uh, it may or may not work. But there's two sorts of creams. There's the sour cream and the pure cream. And I think while there's many things happening to all of us, there's no doubt right now that as we continue to be in lockdown stage, we're either going to continue to grow and be pure and learn things and rejoice, or indeed, we're potentially going to sour and not express the things that we should do. And time will tell. Maybe those you're living with already know what you're like. Maybe they're already seeing different things in you and in your heart and how you speak and how you express yourself. Uh, for me, one of the things I've kept doing, you might have noticed this through the weekly videos, is I've kept going back in history to see those things that really helped others, especially during tough times. Uh, one such character lived a long, long time ago. His name is John Bunyan. You might have known him from his famous work, Pilgrim's Progress. He lived, wow, 1600s. But he has a fascinating story about his life and indeed about how he responded when he too experienced being locked down. In his case, it was in prison. So let me pray as we jump in to God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you we can stop and reflect on your goodness to us. And indeed, we can all learn about what is happening in us as we're connected to you. Father, help us grow. Help us see the good that you're doing. And may we continue, can we say it, Father, to rejoice in your goodness to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, John Bunyan experienced a lot of suffering in his life, but he also, during that suffering, experienced a profound amount of joy. And maybe that's one of our struggles. How do you actually really experience joy or rejoice at this moment in time? Let me give you a bit of an insight into Bunyan's life, if I could. He, his family wasn't rich. Uh, he was actually one of the first ones in his family who could, who'd learnt to read and write. As a young person, he was a troublemaker. He swore, he cursed, he caused problems with the law. Eventually, he would have a profound encounter with God primarily due to the passing of his mum and his sister and his own near-death experience during his army time. A bunion in his life would actually, he lived for some 60 years, but he'd actually produced some 60 books. He was a prolific writer. But as he experienced this encounter with God, his life started to change. He met a young woman, uh, a Puritan lady, fell in love, had four kids, but during that time, way back in England, he started to go to a church called Bedford in England and he was connected with what was happening there. And he felt a call of God to preach, to tell others about the saving hope in Jesus and the joy that one could experience during that time. However, also during that time, there was a lot of happening within the Anglican church. 
And while there might be something within, within myself that sort of feels a bit mm, interesting about that, uh, the Anglican church actually didn't want him to keep preaching and they were threatening him about what to do. Sadly, during that time, his wife passed away. He was left with four young children. But he kept preaching God's word. He just felt this strong call in his life. And yet at the same time, he was being threatened. And threatened to do what? He was told to stop preaching. To stop going out and telling others about Christ. Well, he had this profound experience. He couldn't do that. Uh, so he kept preaching. Eventually, he would meet another lady called Elizabeth. He would marry. And now he has a larger family. She would fall pregnant. And yet on a particular day, and I think the date was around the 12th of November. Can you get this year? 1660. It's a long time ago. As he was praying, uh, the authorities came to him. And said, unless you stop preaching, you are going to be placed in prison. Now, it's funny saying this in 2020, in May, it's like, yeah, maybe, what's the issue? Just stop preaching, stay safe. But when you've been grabbed by God and connected by God and you feel the call of God, it's something he had to keep doing. And so guess what he did? He kept preaching and went to trial and was thrown in prison for 12 years. But just when he was actually captured and taken off to jail... His dear wife, Elizabeth, uh, gave birth to a child and sadly that child died. So Bunyan had all these things happening in his life, was thrown in prison and they kept saying, all you have to do is to stop preaching. He couldn't do it. So he ended up being in prison for 12 years, locked down, like we are feeling right now. Maybe some of us even feel like we're in a certain prison. As he was in prison though for 12 years, he wrote this. In what he's called his prison meditations, I think a while ago I actually said it might be helpful if you actually journal how you're going in this season. He said this, I'm indeed in prison now in body, but my mind is free to study Christ and how unto me his kind. He felt during his experience where he couldn't get out and live the normal life that maybe we feel that we were once living. He actually could spend more and more time with Christ and that started to change him. And he loved it. He loved the intimacy that he experienced. Uh, Pilgrim's Progress would be one that in fact he would produce during this difficult time. And I often think, how do people, and I'm putting myself in this category, how do people experience joy and rejoice when things are tough? When you feel like things are souring and you're not quite sure about how you express yourself. And especially when it comes to rejoicing. Uh, but Bunyan did. He found comfort, profound comfort, as he suffered. And he suffered for Christ. Uh, but his life challenges moved him towards joy. Uh, some people watching this uh, in Australia especially might remember a few years ago, a guy called John Doyle uh, produced a series on prisoners in the Second World War. And what he did as he produced this, it was on ABC... He actually discovered that one of the things that kept them going was their ability to laugh at, laugh at themselves and their situation. These are prisoners in prisoners of war camps and experience joy. And you think, wow, how can that be? But it was true for Bunyan. I'm sure it's true for many of you. And I keep reminding myself it needs to be true of me. For the Christian, for all those watching this, suffering should not surprise us, nor should being tested, nor should experiencing trials in life. It shouldn't come as a shock. And even though we might be experiencing this right now during our season called COVID-19, 
It's not as if somehow once we get through this, wow, life will go back to some perfect picture. No, it won't. There'll be future tests and trials that will come. And we shouldn't be surprised at that. And so what James does, the brother of Jesus, as he writes this letter that we're going to jump into, he's writing to a scattered people and he's very aware of the trials they're experiencing. He says this in verse 1, just James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Greetings. So he's very mindful they're scattered, like we are. And he wants to touch on a whole range of things, and especially in chapter 1, as he talks about pure joy, it will flow throughout these five chapters. He'll touch on other things very directly, which myself and Shane and Langdon will do. He'll touch on some things that really should make us stop and think, especially in this season. That's why I really feel that this part of God's word is so appropriate for us right now and so helpful. Think about some of the things with me as we know what's coming up. And I'm guessing you many of you might have read, a, read ahead or you're very familiar with this letter of James. Um, chapter 2, favoritism, seeking wisdom. Always a challenge. Chapter 3, the tongue, how we speak, the words we use, the power to hurt or the power to rejoice. Very strong. And then when you get to James 4 about quarrels and, and boasting, who are you boasting in? And then finally, and we'll feel like this by the time we get to the end of the letter, chapter 5, patience. You think you need patience now, brothers and sisters, if we're still in this for another one two, even three months, we will need even more patience to know how to live well, to know how to rejoice, to know how to grow. And so James wants to give his people a new perspective. And I think he feels it's a much needed perspective as he writes. And he wants them to understand how they're to respond in tough times. And I too want to jump in with that with you as well. He says this in verse 2 to uh, verse 4. Consider... There it is on the screen. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be what? Mature and complete, not lacking in anything. There it is. This pure joy. I sometimes think it's one thing to experience joy, uh, pure joy, and especially during times when things are tough. I wonder if that has been your experience so far this season. As Shane said earlier on today, this is week seven. Uh, that's quite a few weeks to be doing what we're doing and to be keep, continue to live stream. And yet it illustrates the primary focus of James' letters, which is trials and temptations and how we respond and how we interact and how we engage and especially how we use this time to really grow spiritually and to lean more and more into God. And I can encourage you to check out some other videos on the Fig Tree TV YouTube about growth as a disciple of Christ as well. And it's not that Christians are the only ones who've ever been persecuted. It's not that Christians are the only ones who've ever experienced hard times or trials. Um, and yet how we respond, and it's not as if James is writing to those who are scattered who are only experiencing trials because of their faith either. He talks about a range of things. He talks about poverty. He talks about heartache. And so he touches on a range of things that we're all experiencing right now. Uh, and so we need to be mindful of that as we live. And yet, I'm wondering if, like me, that you too are experiencing particular moments right now 
which you would only experience and have experienced because we are locked down. One writer said this, you actually can flourish in the atmosphere of suffering. You can flourish in the atmosphere of suffering. That's a really strange thing to say, and yet it's true. Different things can happen, and you can learn different lessons along the way. Uh, Joy. Wow, joy is so fundamental to the Christian life. God wants us to be joyful. Uh, Stop right now. Uh, Why don't you raise your hands and say, praise God. A couple here just did that. God wants us to be joyful. Paul, that great apostle, has often been called the apostle of joy. You only need to read Philippians. You only need to read his other letters. You can read Hebrews 12. Many of you know we were doing a series on Hebrews. And you get into Hebrews 12 and you read those great words. For the joy set before him, what? Jesus endured the cross. I find that fascinating. You can jump into Hebrews 13 verse 17 later. It's a great word for many people. We read this. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. I know that very personally. We have to have that day where we give an account of our life. But why do this? The Bible tells us do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden because that won't advantage you. God wants us to be joyful and yet there are things like trials and temptations and we're called to persevere. And why? Because we want to be mature in Christ. Just think with me for a moment about those things. Trials, the things that come in our life. Can we consider being joyful when we experience unjust treatment? Can we experience joy when things don't go away? Can we experience joy when a loved one gets sick? The Bible's answer is yes. Because through all these trials, we can actually learn things about our Heavenly Father and indeed about ourselves. In the midst of a financial crisis, and I know people that I've been talking to, many have experienced the loss of jobs. That's hard stuff. I was uh, in a meeting during the week with fellow colleagues, senior ministers of churches, and many of them have experienced a loss of income from between 5% to 25% already. And that's going to have a huge impact in years to come. So even through times like that and trials, can you experience joy? The answer is yes, because of who you're connected with. Um, And some of these examples James will mention throughout his letter as well. And instead of being concerned about the trials, can I use this language? Look for the spiritual dynamics that we can learn. And James pushes it further too. He talks about trials and temptations. Um, The testing of our faith. How many of us right now uh, are suffering in all sorts of ways? Uh, Maybe we're thinking, look, God is testing me in a certain way and I wish the test would be over. I wonder how many of you are actually praying, Heavenly Father, there are more lessons for me to learn. May you keep us in lockdown for another six months. Has anyone prayed that prayer? In case you're wondering, I haven't. I'm praying a vaccine is found and we're released and we're outside again experiencing life as we once were. But we're called to rejoice in the prospect of what God is doing in our lives. And that's why James talks about helping us to persevere. We need to persevere. Uh, It doesn't happen overnight. Perseverance doesn't happen overnight. For those mums and dads who have kids, you have an incredible time right now to teach those in your household about how to persevere. 
You actually just can teach them by having them watch you how you're persevering. As you speak about that, as you pray about that, as you engage each and every day we get up and maybe all of us are waiting to hear the next announcement from the Prime Minister or our Premier about more freedom, more restrictions being lifted. But what about now? What are you learning about God and about yourself now? Uh, one of the things that John Bunyan said in his time, he wrote this in, in one of his writings. He said this, I've never had in all my life so great an opportunity into the word of God as now. This is while he's in prison. I, I think it's true for us too. Those scriptures that I saw nothing in before are made in this place and state to make them shine. I, I, I'm noticing right now that as I read God's word, there's parts of God's word that are really just jumping out. It's like they're in braille. It's like, wow. And it's only happening, I think, because I have a different time to stop and think and read. Uh, Bunyan felt, he said this, I have these sweet signs of the work of God in my life and what God has done with my sins and his forgiveness. And he says, I feel like I've been taken with Jesus into another world. I wonder if some of you are experiencing that. His soul was awakened to God like never before. His heart was beating with God like never before because of being locked down. And I think during trials and temptations and as we seek to persevere, that's what too can happen to us. I read one sporting coach say the other week that crisis doesn't build character. It reveals character. Crisis doesn't build character. It reveals character. That I realize that is so true. Your character can change through the crisis and your character can grow as a result of the crisis. But make no mistake, what is happening right now through this time is who you are and how you respond and how you speak and how you interact and how you're experiencing joy is being revealed to all those around you. They know it and they see it. You see, James wants us to understand that there's a purpose behind this and that purpose is to lead us to maturity, to maturity in Christ. Uh, that we don't lack anything. And so, you know, if you're facing difficult times or hard times, can I encourage you to lean a bit more into being joyful because of what God is doing in your life? As a senior pastor, I don't know what it's going to be like in months to come or even next year. And you know, I know God is already there and we will rejoice once we get back together, no matter what that looks like, and we'll reflect back on this time and Share things about what we learnt during this time. And so James wants to push it further. There's a new perspective needed and he feels, I think, that people have neglected a little bit about where you can find that perspective. And so he actually jumps into verse 5 and says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And it'll be given to you. It's a wonderful part of scripture. You see, at this time, confusion can occur. Fears can occur. We can be wondering what's going to happen next. Uh, where did I go wrong? Is God punishing me? Have I done something in particular that God is upset with? We could even ask that much harder question. Does God really love me? Now, in case you're wondering that, the answer is yes. He loves you so much. Uh, one of the things I'm noticing with the staff and other parishioners that we are talking to 
You know, they're missing one thing in particular. And it is, the, it is the gathering. It is the connection. It is that sense of being one together. And can I use that language? It is that sense of being loved by each other. Not judging. Not pointing finger about what was done or not done. And I want to remind you that God truly does love you. He loves you profoundly. We see that in his son, Jesus. But again, during intense seasons of trials or heartache, fear can come upon us and can grow. And yet James is instructing us, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. Why? He gives to all. He gives generously. He doesn't hold back. And he gives, and I love those words there in verse 5, without finding fault. Without finding fault. God is not looking to find fault in us, which is great news. Because, can I use a phrase, he's a good, good father. And, you, and we've got to believe it. Verse 6 picks up on that. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because you can be in that space of being double-minded. And James uses that image, indeed, from the ocean. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Unstable. It's like you're being you know, washed backwards and forwards. I'm in, I'm out. No, don't do that. James is prescribing a faith in the grace of God that is firm and strong. A faith that can be exercised during hardship and trials and temptations. And therefore what he says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy of what you're experiencing. Don't deny what's going on. Embrace it and learn from it. Uh, It's a wonderful picture because, wow, in verse 9, we read these words, Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they all pass away like a wild flower. Maybe right now, and maybe some of you are really finding your work hard. I know here in our church, we've been able to get JobKeeper. Maybe some of you, and especially our young ones who are part-time or casuals in coffee shops and restaurants, and many of them, well, they've all closed down at the moment. So there's a loss of income. And maybe you've stopped to think, my worth is tied in with how much I earn. That's a mistake. Your worth is not tied in with how much you earn. And this is why James is trying to encourage those who are scattered. No, no, no. Your worth is tied in with God. Remember, he gives without finding fault. He also gives his love without finding fault. It's a wonderful picture. Uh, And look, COVID-19 has brought many tensions and a loss of employment to many, many people. We know that. Uh, and pe- people are struggling to make ends meet, to wonder about what's coming up. And yet, even in this season, we have noticed, and wow, the toilet paper world, people have demonstrate a lot of greed and different practices in those last few weeks that many of us stop and think, what was going on with that? And yet James wants us to know that, you know, money doesn't make us who we are. It's actually the opposite of what the world would say. Money doesn't somehow verify my worth to God or to others. And yet we can think that. We can look at others and their success or what they have. And yet James makes that point. Don't forget, the rich too will pass away like a wildflower. He makes that very clear. Uh, And if you're going to boast, dare I say Jeremiah 9, you can write that down. Jeremiah 9 verse 23. Great words. This is what the Lord says, let Not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord 
who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness. That's Jeremiah 9, verse 23 to 24. Well worthwhile to look at later on. You know, instead of being anxious, feeling guilty, worrying about what others have or you don't have or worrying about the future, what is James' word to us today as we jump into this season? Consider it pure joy. It's like you want to stop and sing right now and rejoice in what God is doing. You know, and the other reality I think about money, which is why James is saying this, it can often function as a source of security. I have, therefore I'm okay. You know, you have stuff, but remember you're okay because of Christ. You're okay because you're locked in with him. Your hope is in him, not in the things of this world, which also pass away. So don't do that. Because why? There's a crown of life. Catherine read it out to us from verse 12. There's a picture of the crown of life which is eternal life that's coming. We read this in verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. It's a wonderful picture. You know, we can give up. We can give up a job or a difficult ministry or say, I'm out of here. This is no good. We can retaliate against people. We can say they're mistreating me. I'm going to have a harsh word to them. We can compromise our moral standards. I'm guessing people could even be sinning more now in lockdown than they were before. Um, The rise of domestic violence right now is horrific. The abuse online is also really bad. You know, we can turn away from a walk of fellowship with others. We can say to ourselves, you know, when they gather again, I'm not going back. There's all sorts of things we can do right now. I'm going to escape this rather than actually let God do the work in me. Don't do that. And Joe James wants to wrap it up by saying, folks, there's a necessary perspective you need to have about life. You know, God is a good God. Don't blame him for what is happening. I'm really reluctant to say, oh, God's doing, God is always doing work in this world. You know, God wants a radical change in our lives. And we read in, in James 1.13, When tempted, no one should say, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. You, you see, the, the issue here is actually I shouldn't be anxious about what others are doing to me. I should be more concerned about what I can do to others. The evil that I can do. I can be enticed, tempted, and I can move away from my position that I have with Christ. And I can sin. You know, the sadness is about that is that sin will lead to death. Total separation from God. And so James is finally saying, look, don't forget, there's a necessary perspective you need about life and about what's happening around you. Don't be led astray. Don't be enticed. Don't get caught up in other things that are not helpful. And that's the greatest danger he's talking about. And that can happen because of hatred or greed or anxiousness. I want to blame someone else for the situation. I mean, it's their fault, not mine. It's all that sort of stuff. Don't blame other factors around us. That is not helpful. Again, that greatest danger is what I could do. I shouldn't be so anxious about what others may do to me. That's why James says in verse 16, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father uh, and heavenly lights who doesn't change. It's a wonderful picture. I know right now you feel like singing, He's a good, good Father. He is a good, good Father. You know, our suffering makes us appreciate the worth of God, 
Our suffering makes us appreciate the worth of God. And as we persevere, we find and experience joy, pure joy. That's a great picture we have. And so as you go through this, remember that God is doing that. Uh, I love how Bunyan concluded an aspect of his time in prison. He said, this trials and temptation makes me look upward to God. Are you looking upward to God right now to learn about those things that you need to learn right now? Don't despise or be angry. Don't even ask God, quickly get me out of this situation, God. Can I be back in normal world by, by Mother's Day? Learn things about yourself. Learn things about God. Learn what God is doing to your heart and your soul. These spiritual disciplines that we're all growing through. Uh, it is James' earnest desire as he writes to his brothers and sisters that they learn and grow in Christ. This is James's message. Be astounded at your high calling. Be astounded at who you are. Be astounded at the rejoicing that you can do even right now, even as you're scattered, even as you're locked down. And make sure you rejoice in what God has done. Let your astonishment be at God's grace to you. As I conclude, uh, I mentioned the other day that uh, Greg and the team have actually put together a song to help us rejoice in God's goodness about his pure joy. Why? Because the song will remind us that we too want to run to the end, not just run struggling full of sour cream in our hearts, but we want to run to the end persevering in God's goodness to us. Because why? Because as they sing and one day we will sing, we can all experience pure joy together. God bless and keep running well.